Hey. Hey there. Wednesday. What's up, everybody? Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we are. Another Man. episode of uh, Pandemic. I'm going to call it Pandemic <laughs> episode. No quarantine, but Pandemic. But Right. Social distancing. Social distancing, the virtual style. Get it popping. Exactly. Get it popping. We got to do it. We got to do it. We want to stay healthy because if anybody else out there knows, these numbers are rising like crazy right now. These COVID numbers. Listen, Have you they are. The it's getting crazy. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know, a bit. I don't know what that means. They just keep going and you just heard it or what, but the numbers are climbing. And it could be because there's more testing available too. We always said, you know, with more tests comes more, you know, it's going to be more people probably testing positive or asymptomatic or whatever the case may be. So, hey, we'll see how this goes. Just everybody just try to stay yeah. as healthy and safe as you can. Hopefully everybody voted yesterday, did the right thing on that. Um, you guys uh, just, we're here, pandemic ready. Oh, there's a lot of going on in sports, regardless of everything that's going on across the country, across the globe. There's a lot of big things that are kind of revolving in the world of sports. And uh, one of those things is possibly we'll talk, and we have a special guest here, Cassandra Cusano, yeah. sports needs to coming in, talking about UFC 250, and she actually went. And uh, we'll talk into that. But we'll also talk about Reggie Bush, apology tours. <sighs> My bad errors right now are all coming out the woodwork. In the world, and you know, and and who's not part of these? We're because we're seeing a lot of people come out, a lot of people in support of Black Lives Matter, but we're seeing some organizations or some people that maybe are being a little silent, and um, and it's being noticed. Let's say, yeah, um, yeah, you're all. Uh, so people are. I'm trying to share it right now, but for some reason, my so sharing. So if anybody's watching this right now, go ahead and share. What's up to everybody that's joined the chat? gone live if cassandra is watching she can tap in anytime because she texted me asking when can she log in she can log in whenever we are ready um i got i hope i don't have to just text her and tell her just anytime <laughs> but i may have to do that but yeah the ones that are saying silent are the loudest right now in the world of sports but even nascar like nascar has basically said to heck with the confederate flag we don't need it we shouldn't have had it in the first place. We were taking it down off the urgence of one black driver, famous black driver who spoke out no, Wallace. and said, get rid of that thing, which was why I was never personally a fan of NASCAR. I could not look at it. And how naive of me as a kid growing up watching Dukes of Hazzard and he had the Confederate flag on top of the General Lee, General Lee, Robert E. Lee, come on, see, didn't even know, right? How it correlates together. Right. Um, having something like that and, and the connotations that go with that symbolism of the Confederate flag. So uh, big ups to them. I hope that they get more into an inclusionary way of spectators. I know a few black people that do attend some of the NASCAR races. There is an actual family that owns, uh, that has a NASCAR kind of like whole team together with a racer and that race car driver yeah, and everything. Black yeah. And so now uh, we just need to see that inclusion. But a lot of that stems from the South and the South has a lot of work to do. So that's just one of those things as well. It's just going to be a lot of mountain climbing through this whole journey. But that's a major breakthrough. I mean, if you've been to a NASCAR event before, I've been to one. I mean, it's 
It's a good old, I mean, you were not about good old boys. Like, that's some good old boy stuff where Confederate flags, I mean, you that's why I never went. And that's, a, that's entirely why I never went. I never felt that as a, a safe space to watch a sport like that. Watch it on TV, fine. Give all that. To be there, though, in that atmosphere, it never was a comfortable atmosphere for me to attend. I never felt it's like that was a wanted different. space for me. Yeah. Because of its history. You know, but you can feel like. And with Bubba Wallace, you know, he is probably, I don't even know how many African-American drivers there are, but he's one of a small percentage. And for this to happen through NASCAR, I think it, it just shows you the volume of what's happening. I mean, it's been, it should have been done a long time ago. We all know this, but I mean, that's a big step for them. And I applaud NASCAR, but I applaud Bubba Wallace. I saw him on, you know, I, you know I'm a CNN addict, addict now. I don't watch ESPN anymore until sports are back on. So it's all CNN. So I saw him and Don Lamont on, um, Don, uh, doing Lemon. a, a and it was really good. I really appreciate it, you know, and for him, it's kind of like he's had to deal with this, of course, like everybody else in the country, but focused on his sport for so long. And he's just, you know, it became natural, like a regular thing for him. Um, but it was good to hear his story and good to kind of see, you know, what was going on. Yeah, I mean, hey, we all got stories. It's going to be a lot of stories. It's going to be a lot of untold things that's going to be coming out. And it's good that we have an audience of people that aren't Black like yourself that can appreciate those stories and kind of share and experience the feelings of some sort of what he was going through. Because whatever he was going through, it's almost like, have you met our friend Jackie Robinson? <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Have you met, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things that in every aspect of sports, Black males, black females, we've had to battle something. There's so many stories. And uh, um, a lot of the MLB players are now trying to be a little bit outspoken as far as uh, their experiences of the chants that they receive coming out of the dugout before they go to right. the, um, the the plate. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of, lot, a lot of deep stuff. But it's very interesting to me how now that the acknowledgement is there and some of the apologies are coming, now we're going to reverse some things that happened to you personally and give it back to you, like Reggie Bush and his Heisman. What? What? Really? That's well, what I think, and I, I, I read, I did a little research on that because there was an initiative that happened in like 2017 where they made a rule where you can no longer be disassociated from your school beyond 10 years. Right. So it just so happened that 10 years hit right during this time period too. So it was kind of like a a double a double whammy at the same time. That's interesting that it hit right when it did. I know, right? Because he had gotten our ban like in 2010 in June. Mm -hmm. And so of course, it hit right during this time too, which kind of like, you know, necessarily wasn't because of it, but it just kind of made more of an impact as well, I think. Well, it definitely That's did because of the simple fact that he was the only one out of USC history to ever not receive his award uh, for his right. career in his three seasons being, three years being at USC, the amount of rush yards that he had, number of touchdowns that he had, and all of that, and because of a small violation of his parents being taken care of from outsiders, this is what happens. It's crazy. It's absolutely it's crazy. Wow. So now we're just getting everything back into the apology tour. Uh, Drew Brees has made several apologies to the point now where I'm like, enough, cut it. I'm tired. Like, I'm really tired. Like, yeah. 
you should have made that right the first time. Like, I don't understand. I will Why applaud him. We have to, we have to say a video, write a letter, and then follow up with another letter. Like, come on, man. Right. I hear you. No, I mean, I, I, and I think his wife even came out and was like, no, this is our problem. This is our problem. And, I, and I'm happy that she said something too. I mean, I think it takes everybody to start figuring out kind of where they lie in this whole thing and, and something that they can do, start changing it. Um, but thanks to everybody that's checking in with us right now. Um, the snowman, Brian Snowman, Heather chimed in, my boy Ho out there in Seattle. Shout out to Ho too, because he... Um, was part of an event with a couple of Seahawks, like Travis Homer. I forgot the other one. Sorry, Homer. Talk about um, it. I'm going to um, hit up Cassandra real quick. I don't know if that will. But yeah. Keep talking. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I have to go black, guys. <laughs> Going black. On, okay. Yes, yes. Um, but it was an event that they did um, to help with the Virginia Mason frontline workers. So it was pretty cool then. There were some great pictures. Make sure um, uh, I Ho's Facebook page is on here too. But there was a great event. They gave back um, uh, to a lot of the frontline workers that have been putting in with the whole COVID. Seattle being one of the nice. big where it started. Um, so it was good for them. Um, yeah, I just, you know, plus it, anything I can, oh, it was Brandon J Brad Jackson. Sorry. Thank you, Ho. Yes. Uh, Brandon Jackson. Um, but anything you, of course, for me, anything that has to do with the Seahawks, or is happening in Seattle. I'm homesick too. Like I, I don't know what it is. I need to go see my mom or something. But um, I'm, I'm homesick. I miss, I miss home a little bit. I miss summers in Seattle. I miss sports in Seattle. Um, I'm having a big issue right now with sports. Like I, and people keep telling me, "Don't worry, Melissa. It's gonna start soon. It's, it's still like another month, maybe a month and a half away." July. Like middle, I think uh, MLS. I at the beginning of or in July, mm -hmm. uh, July 31st for basketball. Mm -hmm. Then we got MLS uh, going over to that uh, Disney um, area too in Orlando. So you've got all these different facets of sports, WNBA, NBA, and now soccer, all in that right. apex. And I just uh, saw an update on ESPN that some of the professional basketball players aren't too comfortable with the whole bubble apex. And I didn't get a chance to read into it to see which ones particularly had some issues really? with uh, doing that. But yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting how that all comes together. I'm looking forward to it personally. Hang oh, on. So we're good. Okay. Hey. 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 How what are happened? you? I'm good. I'm good. What's how up? What's up? Cheers to you. <laughs> Cheers to Sandra. Have you seen this new cup? Like it says Starbucks confetti. So on the top, you see how like these little white flecks? Well, when you put some cold in it, they get like rainbow like. Oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. That's really, really cute. Okay. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have our favorite sports Nista joining hey. us today because we just came off of a UFC 250. And I wanted to kind of wait till you came on to talk about the fight because we watched it this past weekend, but you were yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I just kind of wanted you to walk us through that process as far as being media. And the rules and restrictions and the testing and all of that that it involved and what that experience was like. Well, yeah. um, I'm still recovering. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it was legit a 20-hour day. I left my house at 6 a.m. and I got home at like 1:15. Oh so, my god! 
Yeah, you get to the there's UFC bought two bought out two hotels, reserved them, um, one for fighters, the other one for media and staff, and we had to get there by seven forty five, I think it was, and you get there was like multiple checkpoints within the hotel. Um, you get kind of like sign your name and then you sign a waiver that basically says if you get sick, um, you know, good luck to you, but you can't sue nobody around here. That's what they want to do. And not liability. Not li they're like, look, if she dies, she dies. Yeah. So then they um, they did the swap. I actually posted this on my Instagram. It lasts like three seconds. It's just like nothing. You say, ah. And then it's done. But then you have to be sequestered in a hotel room for about seven hours. And really? Till about two o'clock. Um, it's a basically no news is good news thing. Um, nobody called and said you're clear. It's just you went downstairs. If they called you, then you could assume you were not clear. So gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like you gotta call your doctor and get up out of here. But wow. um, at the actual um apex, so there's a media tent set up in the parking lot. Um, there were three writers allowed in, Kevin Ioli from Yahoo Sports, um, Arash from uh, LA Times, and um, one more, John Morgan from MMA Junkie and uh, USA Today. So everyone else was in the tent, and there was no cross-contamination. If you were inside, you couldn't come into the tent until it was over. If you were in the tent, you couldn't go inside, and that yeah. included the bathroom. I couldn't go into the bathroom inside. Um, there was a really like nice, like double wide trailer back there that we could use. The Even the, yes. Yeah, it was nice. Even the food was in um, a hot box and a cooler, and it was pre packaged. There was no. So we sat like three chairs in between us. So you couldn't really like talk to one another. We had the mask on, couldn't hear if you did. And, so, you know, they they ran a really, really tight ship there. Wow. But there was a fighter who, well, multiple fighters almost didn't make it, make it on the card. There was um, a trainer who had, first we were told a, a positive test, and then we were told it was inconclusive. So they retested him. And what happened was there were multiple fighters who knew that trainer, and so they were all saying, hey, what's up, and hanging out. Wow. And so the whole freaking card was really in jeopardy until that test came back. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. wow. Well, that I saw a preliminary it. fighter, or was that a fighter that was on the main card? Neil Magny was on the mm. main card. Um, he was part of that. Um, uh, Ian Heinrich, I think uh, was the, is the last name. Um, he was on the prelims, but I was told there were others as well. Wow, man! Well, I saw one of your, um, I think it was one of your posts where you showed like the individual tables that the media sat at within the tent. That the UFC basically provided equipment separately for each person, so there was no cross contamination for like mics. Right. your works areas and stations. Right. So how was that? We each had our own mic and we each had our own um, power strip cord as well. And so usually there's, uh, you can talk to the fighters if they come to the tent. They had a, like another tent in back of the tent for another set of press conferences that were taking place, virtual ones for media who weren't there. And even as they were waiting for that, you couldn't get up and um, go talk to the fighters, um, UFC 
PR was like all over you if you tried to do that. But yeah. And they were cleaning down like the table when fighters came in after they left, everything was swapped out and they were very conscious of it. And listen, they're doing all this testing. Someone's going to test positive. That's the whole purpose of the test. Right. Um, but in between all of that, it's, it's kind of weird though. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, like you're wearing a mask after you've been tested negative. It didn't make any sense. Unless. Yeah. Uh, because if everyone's in there already, how are you allowed to catch it if everyone tests negative? This is what I'm hmm. saying. This is what I'm saying. And I hmm. never thought I COVID never conspiracies going on. I, listen, we COVID never got like an all clear either. We never like I didn't get like a medical slip that said, you know, here's your results. Me and your dad. So I'm just saying. <laughs> That's very interesting. And let's mm -hmm. talk about that because if you were sitting down, you could never leave again, right? So through preliminary and then main and then to- Your car, uh, right? I was like, at the hotel. I could, you know, I guess I could have called a lift, but yeah. Wow, interesting. So how did it look? Okay, because watching it, it felt like I was watching old MMA fights or UFC <laughs> when it got introduced to Spike TV, <laughs> where there's no sound and you're just yeah. kind of in this- Yeah this uh, ring, hearing everything and hearing as much uh, coaching as you possibly can. But to hear that and to be there, what what was that experience like? And then another thing, not for nothing, wow. you're seeing droplets of fluid of blood and all kinds of things in there. Did that freak you out at any moment with whole COVID and what we're going nah, through? Nah, I mean, everybody had been tested, but I had been to the Contender Series previously prior to COVID-19 and um, that was more wild than, than this because there was no COVID-19 precautions. So mm -mm. the only thing that was um, really difficult really was like having all that space between all of my colleagues. Like there were some things like when um, we just talked to Devin Clark, who was the fighter who knelt and raised his fist. Mm -hmm. I was writing um, story for lvsportsbiz.com. And so I had my head down when the fight started and I didn't see it. And I heard mumbling, but because people had on masks, we couldn't really hear what each other was saying. Right. So it was just really hard. And I wonder too, like about the ADA kind of regulations, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, there are people who rely on lip reading and you know, they just ass out right now. Which is interesting to me because their rule is six feet. Like when it's things and objects around, if you're in public spaces, it's gotta mm -hmm. be a six feet rule for ADA. And it's so interesting that they didn't have anything that could kind of have some compliance for those that wanted to come. That's, that's Ain't very, no compliance. Wow. Uh, there's no, there's no compliance. I mean, cause you can't, uh, you can, so when the fighters come, they are not, they don't have a mask on. So you can hear them. But you can't really like hear. And there were times when people took their mask off and, you know, it's like, hey, man, you know, if you don't throw me out, you're going to throw me out. But <laughs> um, there were people who were willing to risk it all and right. take their mask off for a few minutes. <laughs> so out of your, your the, the main card fights, your undercard fights, which fights were your best takeaways? And we'll get to the Amanda Nunes one as well. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, which one is the one that, you know, spoke to you? Uh, with the undercard fighters as well as some of the main card fighters. Before. Well, you know, Cody, I mean, 
Cody Garbrandt needed the win probably more than anybody on that card. He needed that win and he did it in spectacular fashion. And, and he was, you know, that, that one punch knockout, that's something that right hand is something that people have been talking about Cody for a long time. So um, that was interesting to see him come back um, with that. Aljamain Sterling looked great. That division is bananas. That bantamweight division There's like mm-hmm. four or five guys who at any night, depending on the matchup, could own the strap. Um, so those were the two other than Amanda that um, I found that were really exciting. And it was a good card, actually. Yeah. It was actually a pretty good card, top to bottom. Well, I enjoyed it. Uh, looking at the main event, I mean, who would have thought that that fight would have gone five rounds? Who would have thought that Felicia Spencer yeah. would have hung in there? For the five rounds that she did right i mean that was mildly that i was mildly impressed yeah. I, I can't even say mildly i was highly impressed because i could i personally couldn't last two seconds with the moon man and nunez but you could tell <laughs> by uh amanda's disposition the whole time through the fight she was prepared she was ready she, like it she really was she takes it as a as a challenge and a badge of honor these days to go five rounds because early on people talk so much crap about her not being able to go into deep waters because her cardio wasn't great but she is the most complete female fighter ever and she is one of the most complete fighters in all of mixed martial martial arts right now she's strong and she looks good at 145 that's kind of like her natural weight she actually looked really good her arms though oh my god the bicep Mm -hmm. like you could just tell like she was not playing i mean her physical specimen of herself just looked yeah it it paled i mean for felicia just paled in comparison to what amanda looked like it looked like one worked out one kind of did. One was like, one was an athlete. One worked out, and the other one was a world class athlete. Yeah, yeah. One was just yeah. <laughs> it was uh, like your sparring partner at the gym that you know you just popped up in the ring real quick. To, right. Yeah. Did off. you guys feel uncomfortable like after the third round? Like, how much more punishment was this? One yeah. Well, I kind of felt like I didn't know if Amanda was trying to prove a point that she could go five rounds, so she wasn't maybe going. I don't know if she was going as hard. I mean, obviously she wasn't going as hard in the fifth round as she did, I think, in the earlier rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, I think she needed to make her get her point over with and, and win the fight. But um, it felt, I don't, I just was, I felt like it wasn't as exciting those first few rounds. I was, you know, I was wait. I guess yeah. I was probably wanting more. I wanted yeah. a TKO. I wanted, a, you know, something to happen in the first right. couple rounds. Yeah. Well, she has said that, you know, she has to have display her arsenal differently now because people have seen her fight enough. They're preparing for her. So she's right. trying to mix it up a little bit. And in doing so, it's hard to, like, keep your pacing throughout because right. there's some start and stop going on. But, man, is she strong. She is ridiculous. Like, the way that she handled Felicia Spencer and just, like, body slammed her a couple of times. And she was so happy. You know, she actually goes another record that she gets. And she's the first champion to successfully defend two belts back to yeah, back. Um, her her wife, um, Nina Esnaroff, will be giving birth in uh, not November, September. So okay. she will be the first mother to be champion oh. in, in the UFC. And so ah. 
her Hall of Fame credentials, no one else will have her credentials. No one. No. Female. No one's going to have them. So she's taking the rest of the year off. She's a girl, for real. I mean, she really is. Mm -hmm. But here's the question. So we all saw the fight. But what's next for her? What else can she do? She's run through pretty much everybody. Is it time to recircle? Or are there up-and-comers that maybe you know about that we, you know, me and Mo are in, in it as much as you guys? And shout out to your Levels podcast as well for all MMA and fighting and stuff. But is there anything else? I mean, what, what can she do? Just just sit back until somebody appears? Or, or what, yeah. what, 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 what can we expect? Well, there's not a whole lot of competition left for her in either one of those divisions, especially not um, the Bantamweight division. Megan Anderson would have been the next one, but Felicia's beat her. So, you know, there's kind of like, you know, a lot of, I mean, Jermaine Radaman, maybe um, she would take another fight with her. But Amanda's going to take the rest of the year off. And I don't know how many more fights she has left on her contract, but Dana was asked the same question, what's next for her? And, and did he foresee a super fight between her and Valentina Shevchenko? And he said no. Who has next in the, in, uh, the UFC in terms of female fighters is Rayleigh Zhang. Um, he talked a lot about Bailey and um, so we got to see what happens between Rose and Jessica Andrade and then the winner of that fight is going to fight Bailey for the title again and Joanna is still in the mix there as well. Um, the reason why uh, Bailey is going to be the one that they push a whole lot, she has that huge market in China. Oh uh, yeah. You know them dollars make sense. For Dana White, if anything else, he's so gangster about his money. That you know, he's gonna <laughs> tell that last fight that she had, that last fight at T-Mobile, the last mm -hmm. public fight we could mm -hmm. see with Joanna. Mm -hmm. Oh, she beasted it. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. She she's definitely next. I see that, and it's so yeah. funny to me too with uh, Amanda because you get four hundred fifty thousand dollars now, three hundred fifty thousand right? extra hundred thousand bonus. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you could somewhat take the year off, figure it out, do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't see any contender coming close to her. I really no. don't. No, uh, I mean, it, and it's not, here's the thing. For as much as Ronda Rousey was a pioneer in the sport, if there were no Ronda Rousey, there would not be an Amanda Nunez, even Absolutely. though you know, Amanda did beat her, but, uh, but still, um, she was a pioneer and she opened the door, but Ronda really was a one trick pony. You know, she tried right. to get the arm off. The arm off. Um, yep. Yeah. Similar to uh, Misha Tate. Amanda mm -hmm. Nunez has really ushered in a different era of female fighters in mixed martial arts, whether, you know, it's UFC or any of the other competing promotions. And so you, you do see more women who are more well-rounded. Um, they can grapple. Uh, the jiu-jitsu is strong, especially the Brazilian fighters. But the new ones coming up are much more physical. So if Amanda oh. were to be like, uh, you know, on her way down, I can see somebody catching her. Um, and that's kind of what happens with all the great champions. You look at John Jones, same thing. Anderson Silva was the same way. And so you're going to have to catch her on her way down. Perhaps after she comes back from her leave, we might see something a little different. But, I, you know, at one one thirty five. Maybe there's more competition for her than at 145, but she's That's what I was thinking. Maybe she drops her weight and gets into a different class, maybe. Yeah, so at 135, you know, Holly Holm is still there. I, I still yeah. think that Holly, you know, could retire pretty soon. Um, Aspen Ladd's there. She destroyed Raquel Pennington. 
Oh, I mean, and then it's just like downhill from there, <laughs> I don't, you know, but that's the division, you know, again, Jermaine is there too, but you know, I can't, there's an interesting um, woman there, um, uh, Juliana uh, Pena, she lost to Valentino and, uh, but she beat Kat Zingano, possibly, we'll see, you know, right. there's some names out there, but golly, it's kind of like, you know, who's going to be Floyd Mayweather, you know, at his peak. Who's going to be able to climb out Everest and survive? Yeah, That's the yeah. key, right? <laughs> Who's going to be able to do it? Because I just don't, even with the names you named, yes, possibilities, but I just, it, it's going to take a lot. Really you know, is. if a new up-and-comer who's a no-namer that we don't know much about that can just come out here and start, you know, giving them hands. I Absolutely. So there, um, there's a fighter, Tatiana Suarez, who, um, possible she could have moved up at a certain point but she's had a lot of back problems so i don't know man so not only are well women dominating in our mma we yeah. have to the point where now we have stars from ufc calling out retirements what's up with that connor re-retirement <laughs> listen you ain't like no fighter for real from amanda she just yeah. won and here we go and get an update that conor mcgregor now like we needed it at that time. moment we needed it at that moment. listen it is you can't be a professional fighter if you don't retire at least once <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's what this dude he had to retire at least once let me tell you something conor is making a boatload of money with proper 12. he is making so much stinking money mm-hmm. And that's the thing about the fight game. You've got to be hungry and you got to mm-hmm. have like, um, you got to be in survival mode at a certain point in order to keep taking them fights. And Connor does not have to do it. He's fighting guys who would normally fight at 155 at 170 and Darnold Cerrone and guys who would normally fight at 170 at 155. Right. And it's a big fight, but right now he shouldn't fight for the title. He's not in line to fight Khabib. Justin Gaethje is. Right. So he he asked Dana White, could he have another crack at Khabib once um once Tony lost, once Ferguson won? That's ridiculous. Like Gaethje right. Gaethje earned that that crack at the title. So nah, you're not getting that. So right. what's he gonna do? He's gonna take his gloves and go home. Right. Drink his whiskey for a minute or two. He's been very um, vocal about social issues, though, um, through his his social media. And so maybe, you know, use this platform for good and don't get kicked in the head, I guess. And I know Floyd reached out and tweeted, too, to him saying, hey, I'm still waiting for our fight. You know, if you ever decide you want to come back. And I'm just like, oh, really? Don't you love it when people the retire and all of a sudden, like, yeah. why wasn't you, why, why didn't you come back when he was active? Thank you. <laughs> Thank but you. I mean, in all realness, the longevity of a career in MMA is not very long. I mean, you have a little bit of time to make your point and to right. make your name known. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, yeah. Right. right. So yeah, it's good for him that he's getting other money from my other sources because really it's not the fights that are paying his pockets at this point. So why keep going through that, I guess. And they all but asking for more money. Like he decided to make his his statement right after UFC two fifty. Like, you know, Amanda Nunes have just had this great win and then it's like, Oh, Connor McGregor wants to steal a spotlight for a fight. Yeah. Well that's what I was saying. It was crazy. Like, oh now you wanna come in and chime when the news mm-hmm. wanna shine from Amanda. But that's Connor. That's who he is. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not surprised by it. It's just one of those things that he is who he is. I don't. I do see him probably really coming back. I don't think he's done. Done. I, I kind of. Yeah, he's got to, to, they all have to call their own shot. Like Daniel Cormier wants that third fight, which he's going to get against Stipe Miocic, and that'll be it. Um, Yeah, because he's announced his retirement too as well, correct? After that, twice, twice, he's twice retired. Here we go. And so they want to, here's my, my thinking on rematches. Ain't no such thing. Man, it's just a new fight. You're not getting the other win back. You really did lose. <laughs> so it's not like the loss gets erased. Maybe in your mind you get a get back. Yeah, I'm holding my daughter's like little thing. <laughs> what the hell is what this thing is? Um, nice. Random stuff. <laughs> random life. Random girl. Thank um, you. But D- DC wants to go out. Uh, the way that he wants to go out. And I think he's earned the right yeah. to do that. But this got to be the last one, don't it? I mean, it got to be the last one. Yeah. I'm he not a spring that. chicken either. He ain't a spring chicken either. I feel like it's time. Well, he wants to lose and then go out. Like, I just feel like it's, you know, why pre-say that you're going to retire not even knowing what's happening in the fight yet? Like, Yeah. Yeah. That's I an mean, interesting one, too. But they all have, um, at that level, they've made a lot of money. Um, the the upper echelon UFC fighters have. And the other ones, you know, there's just like the boxing um, working class. Most of them are the working class folks. You know, they got a day paycheck to paycheck. By the time there were fighters on this card who made $12,000. So- yeah, I saw one for $40,000 on a main card and was like, what? They got five yeah. people they got to pay. Yeah. Plus Uncle Sam. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a journey. It really is. It's not a lot. (laughs) It's not. It's not. It's not. It's really not. So let's talk about real quick shifting gears to boxing, because I just noticed that Tyson Fury now has agreed to a two fight deal with another opponent. That's not Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Because I just had a brain lapse of who he signed, who he decided to. He said he uh, fight. AJ. Who is it? AJ, Anthony Joshua. Yes, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Two so, fights. Yeah. I actually, I, that's the fight to make. Um, I don't see any different outcome if he were to fight Deontay Wilder again. Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight in the world. And honestly, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. The guy is mean. Um he is a true heavyweight, unlike Deontay Wilder, who struggles to make 230. Um, he is also Maybe he needs got, to build up on those legs, man, or stop wearing like heavy metal into the right coming out like a Decepticon. Did nobody ask for that? <laughs> nobody asked for that. Um, but but so Joshua has all the other belts, so if Tyson Fury. Now, but Fury, we thought this would be it. He would fight Joshua and that's that. But he said he could fight until he's 30 years, uh, 40 years old. I believe he's 32 or 33. Right now, he's a young, old fighter. He's an old mm-hmm. soul. He's been through a lot. Um, but Anthony Joshua, they'll make that fight probably will happen in Saudi Arabia um, because Eddie Hearn likes that money. And that's who's paying right now. And that's where Fight and- Island is out there, too. 
Fight Island. Fight Island is out in Abu Dhabi. We, we get information was Dana giving any information about that, about the Fight Island? So he went on first take and he gave, you know, the map and all that and confirmed it um, for for Abu Dhabi. He didn't want to do it without pictures. He's like, I got all these pictures and I want to show you the pictures. And I was just like, okay, uh, we'll wait for the pictures. But the fighters that night, um, Herbert um, Burns actually was like, yeah, Dana said that, you know, it's going to be in Abu Dhabi. And so like the cat was out of the bag, but he wanted to, have you seen, did you see the video? Did you see the pictures? No, I no. haven't. Mm -mm. It, is, it is a real Island, but think mm -hmm. about it. Like Disney world, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's Abu Dhabi. <laughs> it's the middle East. It's a uh, Yas Island um in the united arab emirates and it's got these beautiful skyscrapers it has amusement parks uh, it has beaches it has like this mall like you've never seen a mall before but the um everything will be closed up around the arena for i think a 10 mile radius and so you can't get in if you're not a fighter or part of ufc in any way can't get it and no. Uh -huh. UFC has uh, chartered uh, several planes, basically created its own airline to get matter. everybody in and out. Mm. So are they going to have like set time frames that people have to be on the island for like their yeah. own like self-quarantine per se? Or once you're there, you're stuck there until after your fight or until... Yeah. So the, the hotel is part of, you know, the the blocked off radius. And so it'll be similar to what they did at Apex. Everybody will be arriving according to um, their call time, pretty much. So there won't be, so unlike T-Mobile, um, fighters were often like, you didn't really have your own dressing room. They had like partitions. And so at, at uh, Apex, you got your own dressing room. Um, mm -hmm. Like Apex is a phenomenal facility and they're really trying to duplicate that so that there's less of a chance of cross-contamination anywhere. And so, um, listen, they don't do anything kind of halfway at UFC. Like say what you want about Dana White, but he has a brilliant mind for the fight game, for his business. And even like, you know, I did ask him some questions that he didn't really have answers for <laughs> on Saturday. Cause he just, he knows his business. Anything outside of that, you know. Yeah, I saw one of the reporters asked him something. He got rather defensive about his passion of making this work and executing it. And he, they were asking about the future and using the expletive, like, I don't effing know. We're just yeah. going off of what model I create and we just take it each time. I don't know the after future. Like he really was upset because it's like, I yeah. don't know the future. I'm confident enough that maybe we can execute something, but we're not, I'm not a, future, a fortune teller to tell you if it's going to continue. We don't know, you know? Yeah. So he um, went after um, veteran reporter, Kevin uh, Ioli. And I don't well, went after is kind of a strong word because it's just the way that Dana talks, man. He's yeah. just brash and it's like just how he talks. He wasn't cussing him out, but he was cussing. Like he was like, that's a dumb effing question. And like it wasn't really because I only was like, why are all these fighters coming at you right now? Um, you know, asking for more money. And Dana was like, well, what you think? You know, like, I don't know. 
Ask them about why they want more. There's a pandemic going on. You know, everything is difficult right now. And these guys want more money. You know, ask them. Yeah. So I get it. But he's not going to answer any questions that are outside of his tunnel vision comfort zone. Um, But he said something really interesting that people need to pay attention to. Because he said this in January that he expected COVID-19 to affect his business for the remainder of 2020 and perhaps into 2021. Mm. Uh, Saturday, he said that he expected things to get much worse. That we have- Really? Yep. He said the worst is yet to come. I did hear a little snippet of that because we got a second wave. Like people don't understand we're still in a pandemic regardless of you're seeing protesting and people clustered together and all of that and things opening and phases and you're seeing people out in these casinos and all that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, But he's also talking about the economy. Yeah. Right. That too. Um, and he flat out said, he was like, look, in the next couple of months, half of the media is going to lose their jobs and there's going to be a lot more layoffs. There's going to be bankruptcies and it's going to hit real estate. It's going to get really bad. And I pay attention to that because he's the canary in the coal mine. He's privy to a lot of information that we do not have, Mm -hmm. um, from the highest levels, from business. He's got the president's ear. He's got ear. Con, con, cons as well. Oh, folks, yeah, you know, protect y'all's chickens. <laughs> well, well I was thinking that anyway. The market now. I was thinking that anyway with the way the hotel yeah. is. You're not having a full occupancy. You're not allowing that. So you know, people that have unfortunately, sadly, lost their jobs probably won't be getting those jobs back. And then you have events that are no yeah. longer taking place in the city. Uh, we're going to see what the Raiders do. Uh, we're excited about the lights starting up their season, um, but that's that's what we got, and, and it's going to be very interesting if there's no shows, no concerts, none of that kind of stuff. What that tourism looks like and how it's going to drain on the economy. It's going to be a rippling effect. To see all of these um, sports leagues really pushing ahead, hard and heavy. They got to get that money and the advertiser support as soon as possible because things are going to start to get a little gnarly come, I predict, September, October-ish. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna, they're going to have to get ahead of it. I mean, I, there were some NBA players who are not too keen on being out yeah, there. Yeah, we were talking about that. That they're not, they're a little hesitant on going to that apex bubble over there in North Florida to do that. Okay. So, I mean, and did you see? So, the WNBA they're playing, um, in, in Florida as well at the IMG, um, facility. And there are some players who don't, what is it, a 20 game season that they're going to put on at 60% pay. So there, there's a hazard risk. And there's some players, you know, they didn't sign new contracts. They're still under the old CBA. Right. And they're playing basically like at a high school gym with no fans. Um, they're asking them to do that. And I don't know, can Liz Cambage even come back? She's in Australia. She's still in Australia. She's still in Australia. I don't know. But and they haven't even started dating. Because they put Carolyn Swartz on the team, I feel like, to replace her. So what is that? You know what I mean? Well, no, well, Carolyn they haven't was there. Because it's there. Either. Like, there's no set dates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, July... Is there, uh, I forget the date, but it is July um, for them as well. But Carolyn was was put back on the team to replace uh, Jisoo, who decides to Yeah, she was in Jisoo, yeah, because she was in Korea, yeah. 
Because she yeah. was supposed to take an executive position and wasn't able to do that. Now she's back on the team. Well, how interesting is it that Rusha Brown um, left under the, you know, cloak of night her position to take the same position uh, in, LA. in L.A. Didn't have, like, things set up. Like, you know, she wasn't saying where she was living, where the kids, where her daughter was going to school. Um, yeah. And then, and so Carolyn was in that position, but now she has to, um, you know, suit up. But mm -hmm. I found it interesting. Just found it interesting how wow. that transition from Rusha, like, look, I ain't want to gossip since you ain't here from me. But, <laughs> but I just, uh, connecting some dots, like sign didn't, didn't match up. Like that uh -huh. straw was not all the way in the Kool-Aid. Oh. And you know, until you just said that, it's just making me think. Cause I'm like, you're right. I didn't even realize the blitz on the play when I saw that, mm -hmm. when I was like going down because she, and no one knew that she was even having an interest of going into LA and taking a nope. position. It was just kind of like all of a sudden. Right. And then press was out with Carolyn Swartz. Yeah. Taking her place. So, yeah. It's uh, very. No, 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 no. Carolyn was announced in a position before Rusha. Yeah, it wasn't the same yeah. position, but it, she was announced. Right. But in still, the same like, department. kind of intersect. I feel like it's kind of the same position, mm -hmm. if you will. It, but. Mm -hmm term differently yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see how uh this plays out as far as this season even yeah. with um mlb trying to come back um with mls filing home in orlando WNBA, nba and now you've got uh football and our raiders and our stadium is all saying that they are trying to go full full capacity not no half we're trying to do the whole stadium have you heard yeah. anything else regarding that? They're not going. They're not going to be fans in there um, for for a while. They they can't do it. Um, you know, the NFL is not going to allow it. The state of Nevada is not going to allow it. It's, we're in, we're still in a pandemic. Just because people decided they're sick of it doesn't mean sick of talking about it. Rather, doesn't mean we're we're not still in a pandemic. Right. It is extreme. So top rank put on their boxing cards in Las Vegas starting started yesterday. Uh, they'll be here through most of June, um, Tuesday and Thursday night cards. It is costing them. A, about 25 grand, um, I believe a card um, to test and put all of these protocols in, in place. And where are they gonna be at? They are at the MGM in the Com Convention Center in a ballroom. Okay. <laughs> They're yeah. fighting this crap. It's like old school, like, you know, might as well put it in the parking lot. <laughs> right, well, because the MGM, property is open for tourism right now and you've got the 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 people yeah. i mean it's, it's all recycled air when you get into all these places so the fact that you're now going to have this whole thing but it's not even its own entity they're you're using a facility that's on the same property as another place where there's a bunch of tourists who may or may not have it who know, i mean you just getting a temperature check at the door is not going to change it's not and so that going back to the nfl the only thing that they could do is is do a temperature check and i, I don't think the league has the appetite to do that person by person, unless they, and I'm sure it's in development already, but they probably have scans that you could walk through and they can take your temperature that way. But the risk of people in mass becoming ill and 
staff workers and players becoming ill as a result of having fans in the arena is way too high. Nobody wants to do it. The UFC can get away with it. Boxing, to an extent, can get away with it because it's so much more contained. I mean, you got two fighters and like four or five people that they bring. Uh, top rank is only going with two cut men for the entire duration of the time. Stitch Duran is, is one of them. Um, and that's it. They work in whatever corners, you know. And for them to be at the MGM and while there's people there is, um, you know, because Michaela, Michaela Mayer, one of their star female boxers, tested positive. Now, there's some speculation that it might be a false positive. Positive, yeah. No one else around her. She has a coach who is probably in his 70s, perhaps 80s. Um, and she's been around a lot of other people. No one around her tested positive. No one back home where she came from, Colorado, tested positive. So uh, the unlike UFC, who will retest you, um, boxing did not retest. It was a one and done. So she had to immediately uh, get up out of there. So um, folks are there. They're trying to figure it out. And I don't think there's room to figure it out with NFL and NBA. Yes. Would you have rather in your personal opinion, just said for go the season, let's just check it. We're in a pandemic, see what happens for 2021. Or do for you which? feel like this is a good thing that we need to have? Because I know Mel is missing her sports over there and about to go crazy. For which sport? Um, for so, any of them. For any, Well, aside from yeah. the fighting. So I'd say for NFL, yeah. I'd say for baseball, I'd say for NBA, WNBA, all of those. Yeah. Um, those sports have guaranteed contracts. The only um, where I'm torn is that there are staff members and stadium workers and um, kind of ancillary uh, folks who earn a paycheck and who were displaced. I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like for six months out of the year, you are a ticket taker or, you know, whatever it is, like what no one else in your industry is hiring. So unless there were, there was a safety net for those people to continue to earn an income as long as the sport is out, I'm 100% um, for it. But if they do come back, each of these leagues needs to be in a complete bubble. So I am 100% against having fans come to any of these arenas until we have uh, proven some efficacy on the vaccine. I'm not talking about the first round of it. Like mm -hmm. I ain't taking, I ain't taking no first round vaccine. Are you crazy? Right. Like it's not gonna be Operation Darkie on me. We are not fit to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's so it's tough with with fighters. It's you know, uh, they they're not guaranteed any kind of money, and right. you know a lot of them are making scraps. And so if we can make it safe as possible without fans, like I, you know, even without media, like I'm cool. Like I really just don't want to see these type of athletes struggle because they come from struggle. Who Who's getting kicked in the head if they got like, if they could be a doctor? Right. You know, <laughs> you know? They need an outlet for the aggression, you right. know? Yeah. So, well, I think for me, I think it's also tough because except for the WNBA and possibly the NFL, all these 
continued or about to start late leagues like Major League Baseball, the MLS, um, uh, MLB, NBA, they're now facing their end of season once they restart yeah. to be yeah. to back with their next season. Like yeah. there's no time off. No, because you go right into preseason in October, and by that time, you've already ended the championship series in the NBA. And it's, it's also going to be when we're supposed to have this whole second kick of COVID, which I think is almost already started now. But along with the flu, like, I don't think we want to go anywhere for a while. Man, let me tell you, like, <laughs> me and these kids barely been anywhere for months anyway. We used to it. So I don't really need to go, but there are going to be some adjustments in those schedules, like what would normally happen in terms of training camps and things. I mean, NHL is part of it as well. Like you're just not going to see, it's not normal. Ain't nothing normal right now. No, it's not. It's not. Do you yeah. feel that maybe Vegas has a chance to host for the NHL? Cause they still have yet to decide as to the two final locations. Have you heard anything? Do you think that would be beneficial for Vegas? I mean, beyond just uh, extra people and, and supporting the city, but. I think that it is more possible than the others because we actually have a team owner in the market. So we didn't have a team owner in the market for the NBA. Um, also with ESPN, it's a little different because their production crew is there um, at that world of sports. And so they had to move less people uh, in terms of, you know, their staff to, to put it on. And I think, you know, there was something to be said about the Las Vegas mayor, like acting a little goofy and uh, talking about how she would use. Yeah, it. that didn't help. That didn't help no. the PR one bit with her placebo no. effects. That did not help. Yeah. It helped. But having an owner of a team in the market is, is makes a big difference. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Las Vegas is seriously in the mix for this. Hmm. I would hope so. Now, I have a question for you. If Seattle is still supposedly closed, what's that look like for the Seahawks as far as their season starting? If you if they haven't opened, well, actually, so they had been supposedly supposed to be closed until like the end of June, but they actually reopened up. Like my mom, my mom let me know last uh, yesterday that um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Ross were all <laughs> on the. So they are starting to reopen. They're just kind of like a step behind us. Like their restaurants are starting to be able to be open. People are getting their nails done again. People are getting their hair done again. But it's kind of slowly progressing. So I believe like the facility itself could be open. I feel like the, the stadium could be open. But again, I don't feel like there's going to be fans there. And especially with like, you know, everything else that's happening around the world, all the people that are out and they're trying, you know, with a different kind of, um, I don't know with all the people that have been out in these streets and mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's going to be tough, but I think Seattle, you know, it, it's one that's open. I mean, most of the coaches were able to go to their designated facilities as of last mm -hmm. Friday, as long as it was approved the state and, uh, and the government. So I'm hopeful. So saying all that, their timeline and if the season starts, uh, what, uh, we get into what, August, September for football. Well, and they've already talked about having a shortened preseason. Yeah. Just two so, so will they be properly ready to go for game time? We're going to see who's actually taking it seriously. Like I saw Sam Darnold actually was hosting like a little camp um, in Florida and there's some players who are doing that as well. So 
We'll see. I mean, football ain't one of them sports, though, where you can kind of, like, get ready as you go. Right. Yeah. Like, that's how people, you know, get their heads taken off. Right. That's why I'm like, I'm so concerned. Like, what are these camps looking like? What are these practices looking like? Because you just can't go from sitting on your couch to now being out on the field, you know? It's just And football players, I feel like, well, the NFL has more of a shot than the other sports of having a full season. Uh, just because, it's, you know, right. it's the time. games. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. We're so what's with Jerry Jones being silent? Yeah. Is deafening. I want to know if these cowboy fans. Yeah, I wonder if having his back though. Like, I, I cannot. Yeah. No answer is an answer. Sometimes. Yeah, right yeah. about that. That's his answer. His answer. I mean, I mean about- we already all knew kind of how Jerry Jones feels, but then yeah. I was floored by just Des, you know, backing him up and what. I, I, so the I cowboy fans are saying cowboy fans is what you're telling me. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. But, you know, Jerry Jones is one of those owners who was, like, very much so against Colin Kaepernick taking oh, yeah. the knee. Oh, and the kneeling, too. So he couldn't possibly say anything now. I mean, but I get, you know, I give Roger Goodell credit. Um, he didn't have to say what he said and go as far as he did. Um, they needed to do it. However... And, you know, Colin Kaepernick need to have, like, you know, the Sealy fingers up until you do right by me. No, nothing you do. Going well, that's my right. issue with that whole apology because he didn't say my name. He didn't even mention it. He didn't acknowledge you elephant in the room that started this cycle of why you guys right. did what you did. And that, to me, is it's like kind he was of- No, it's like it didn't look I mean, I appreciate him and his commentary, but for you not even to, you know, address the actual person. You know, it just, it felt. Uh, you got to say the man's name behind it. And it seemed a little disingenuous to me. That's just my opinion. Because I think you yeah. could say his name. But, you know, no guy's going to be willing to admit wrong. I don't you know. know. Especially <laughs> a guy like He's just not, he's just not that, uh, he's not that guy. But yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. It's going to be very interesting with presidential influence of how uh, the anthem is going to be presented now. If it's going to even be played at opening ceremonies for games because they were talking about that too. Not even having to play. Not play. So it's going to be interesting how all this is going to play out. But the U.S. Army is a huge sponsor, financial sponsor of the NFL. And for the anthem not to be played and not to have the flyovers, you've got a serious like cash uh, sponsorship issue in a time when everybody's trying to get as much coins as they possibly can. And so they don't want to see that sponsorship go away. Now it'd be best just to keep the players in the locker room. Um, if that's what we need to do, but there's no damn, there's no fans. Right. And so, <laughs> right. right. anyway, so like right. who's going to be singing and like, it's just going to be goofy to sing the national anthem. As it is, like, you know, stand in the middle of the field. You know, that's that's one more person to bring into the bubble, another person to test, um, and then all the other kind of supporting cast that goes with someone singing the national anthem. You got to have the sound people, my right, all the all people that. All that. to mm-hmm. go with it. So I don't, you know, there are decisions that need to be made, but I did see that NASCAR made, I cannot believe, in 2020, NASCAR decided no more Confederate flags being flown around in that parking lot. It's 20, and it just like hit me like for real. They still do that. Oh yeah, 
Right. Like that's just normal everyday life. Man. I told Melissa earlier, I said, that's, that's one of those spaces in sports I never really got into because I never felt like being a spectator that was safe for me. No. It's, it's not, it's not our scene. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it's huge that they did that because that's almost symbolic to NASCAR. It's almost that same symbolism. You think NASCAR, you think Confederate flag, you think yeah. all the Southerners that go. Well, yeah. Heck yeah. That's Budweiser yeah. in NASCAR. Like that's, that's my vision, you know? So it's just very big that, that that happened. So you're going to have, sure. you know, the NFL has got to, it's, it's about time. There needed to be a reckoning for these things. It's about stinking time. People are going to be upset, but you know, my personal viewpoint is why are we upset? Why are we worried about upsetting people who are destructive? Mm -hmm. oh, if you are a destructive, toxic human, then like, why are we try to make you feel comfortable? Yeah. Um, um, say that sis say that say that <laughs> so much but, um, before wrapping up i wanted to also just give a little girl power out there to natasha cloud um yes, yes she spoke out today yeah yeah and, and she also on uh, girl chat if you guys saw our stories a while back of natasha cloud actually protesting at a rally being active and being outspoken in her stance for everything. So yeah, continue with that on the girl power. Yeah, and so she basically has said that base, you know, all black and white athletes need to basically be ready to give up pay, to you know, lose endorsements for social injustice and to make a change. She also is one of the first um, she signed Converse for Converse basketball. Mm -hmm. So she's like the new first face woman's female face of Converse basketball, too. Oh, so I'm happy. Big ups to Natasha Cloud, man. She is so. D underscore Cloud Nine. That's where you can follow her on Instagram. If you guys don't know, D underscore underscore Cloud Nine. That is her handle. Yeah, she's dope for that. She called them out. Let's see what they do because that paycheck, honey. That's that's a rough one. I felt like they should have done that when it was Kaepernick, and they didn't do the right thing on that. So you know, we're gonna see what this does. We don't see. Hey, Sandra, where can we everybody see. find you on um, Instagram and Facebook for your sports nista? Yeah, so it's the underscore sports nista. Um, primarily at Instagram, I'm in and out on Facebook and Twitter. It's just the sports nista there, but got a little underscore on Instagram. Well, okay. it's going to be an interesting next couple of months. You know, I've been podcasting a little, streaming a little more um, yeah. as of late. That's where the content is. But, you know, athletes are available right now. So we're still getting, you know, talking to folks. And I may or may not have a show up my sleeve. So, uh, okay. Next 30 days. We will be on the lookout. Um, yes, we will. Talking something a little bit different. Okay. Well, in the meantime, they can catch you on levels. Yes, catch me and on levels. Mm -hmm. um, on Facebook Live on usually on Wednesdays at 5.30. Um, and also I write for um, LVSportsBiz.com. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Bell over at LVSportsBiz. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Mike Dixon at Vegas Sports Daily. Shout out. You know we love Mike around here. Too. Man, man, like, and he like, you know, the bad little cousin. 
Knuckle, your knucklehead little cousin, you know. Knucklehead but, cousin who you can't get in touch with because sometimes his phone works and sometimes it doesn't. Man, phone works I'm sorry. He got Can a birthday coming sorry, up. Mike. It reminds me, like, you, you, are you getting a portable charger coming your way, dude? You really have. <laughs> <laughs> We're both cancers, so. But Man. I keep my phone. Man, <laughs> but, you know, we do um, some partnership podcasts. Uh, live streams rather on way on Fridays with uh Ramblin' Ralph of Mayweather Promotions. And so Fridays at five and five thirty, we'd be talking boxing. Nice, very good. And then tonight you're a guest. Shout out to Jose Volante. Second on, day week of um, his show. Straight, straight back yeah. sports. Nine yeah. o'clock. Mm-hmm. I am gonna eat at some it's a Cassandra Wednesday. It I'm is on, Cassandra Wednesday. Quant- so Quant- I'm on a world tour. And I was like, I guess like you know. Hey, listen, when my people call, <laughs> my answer is yes. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I really do. I really appreciate you reaching out and joining us today. you guys, man. Like, you I know, when the world you. right again, you know, we're going to have to meet up for some guava juice. We are. We okay. are. I, I'm slowly getting out the house. I'm actually proud of myself. I've actually taken big leaps and bounds hey, hey, hey. on the outings. Yeah, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank, Thank you again you. Thank for all you your information. Thank you up to date and current because you're, you're our media representation out there right now. And, you know, you get the access that we don't get. And we appreciate you sharing that. Happy with us. to help. Happy to yes. help. Yes. Yes. All right, ladies. I'll Thank be talking. Thank you. No, thank you, Sam. Sam right. is so dope. It's <laughs> It's so dope. I love it's it. It's yeah, shout out to Let the Ball Bounce. Uh, Donnella chimed in. And, you know, we do miss Quan. Um, we'll have to maybe try and get a Taco Tuesday or a, a pizza day one day with Quan and just keep our social distance but enjoy some time. Yeah, how would that do? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we thank everybody for checking in. Tara McCree checked in. Stephanie checked in. Thank you so much for everyone that tuned in. Whose names yes. I didn't see. I don't have my tablet to check the live. But thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, next week, we got another show. So be ready for us. We are still doing our social distancing, but it's all love. And we want everyone to stay safe out there. It's all love. It's all about the love. I love the shirt. Yep. I love that we both had pink on today, too. We're like twins. We always wore the same color. Oh, yeah. I have my pink on today. Yeah. (laughs) Get them. I don't know what it is. Just kind of connection here. Yeah. So thank thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. All right. Fingers, stay safe out there, you guys. Mm -hmm. Bye bye.